This is the Frankly Daniels Show, and yes, I'm the Daniel in the Frankly part of this enterprise. It's my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights. Thank you for joining me, and it's an honor to be here with you. Today's show is entitled The Second American Civil War. What do you think of that? But we could have just as easily entitled it I'm Mad as Hell. So what's going on? (laughs) Yes, yes indeed, what's going on? If I said evil is upon us. Would you think me a prophet as Daniel in the Old Testament? Would you think me a truth-sayer or simply a delusionist? Of course evil is upon us. It's been with us ever since God expelled Adam and Eve from the magical, mythical Garden of Eden. And after all, how long did it take Cain to murder Abel? And you'll kindly note that Cain didn't need to buy a gun illegally on the black market, a street gun, any of the sort, to commit this murder. Here's a clip of President Joe Biden in New York this week, bonding with New York's new city mayor. Together with New York's lame new governor, they're going to rid New York City of illegal guns. This is the city with the strictest gun ordinances probably in the world. Did you watch this clown show? For the president, New York City after the murders of two police officers, was the right place at the right time. (laughs) But, But you can count on Joe Biden to bring the wrong message and deliver it in the wrong tone. We need more social workers. We need more mental health workers. We need more people who, when you're called on these scenes and someone's about to jump off a roof, is not just someone standing there with a with a weapon. It's someone who also knows how to talk to people, talk them down. Excuse me? We need more social workers and mental health experts? Neither of these professionals would have saved the lives of these two brutally slaughtered New York City police officers. And as if this wasn't dumb enough, Biden insults police officers saying they they don't know how to talk to people. They're just blockheads with guns strapped to their holsters. At, uh, and it's, it's about doing background checks, it's as well as outright selling uh, uh, of that, making sure the people who are not allowed to have a gun don't get the gun in the first place. And again, for any of the press, any of the press listening, this doesn't violate anybody's Second Amendment right. There's no violation of a Second Amendment right. We talk like there's no amendment that's absolute. When the amendment was passed, it didn't say anybody can own a gun and any kind of gun and any kind of weapon. You couldn't buy a cannon and when the, this, this uh, amendment was passed. And so no reason why you should be able to buy certain assault weapons. But that's another issue. More, more background checks? Really? And we should make sure people who shouldn't have guns don't get their hands on guns. This was brilliant. People who shouldn't have guns shouldn't have guns. How long did your team, in conjunction with Attorney Gender Merrick Garland, work on that nugget of wisdom? What about prosecuting criminals who commit crimes with weapons? I don't care if they use rocks and sticks to violently attack citizens. Put them in prison. 
But then again, this isn't something Biden or the radical crime do-good advocates in the Democrat Party can bring themselves to say, much less do. Instead, they celebrate putting criminals, those committing what used to be called capital crimes, or crapital crimes, back out on the street within hours of being arrested. After all, social and racial equity demand no bail. No bail means criminals aren't held over in prison until their trial. And no, no one is accountable. That means criminals don't have to post bail to ensure they're going to be in court for their trial date. Sounds like the same stuff that's going on on the southern border, where illegal immigrants are given, or illegal aliens, they're not immigrants in my opinion, they're given these papers saying, please show up in court two years from now. <laughs> what a joke. It means that seven out of ten cases, cops have to go back and track down and rearrest these no-bail people, only to see them back on the streets again within hours. Progressive Democrats, they have to empty the jails, of course, so there's room for parents acting like domestic terrorists. You have to have room to put these people away. Don't laugh. I have more to come on this issue. And this is the second time mumbling, stumbling, rambling Joe has assured us that he and his sidekick, Merrick Garland, are doing everything possible to take cannons off the street of their Democrat-controlled metropolitan areas. If I'm in for a cannon, I'm in for a tank. Allow me to share with you something I really haven't said before out loud in public. For the past five Christmases, I've asked my wife for an Army surplus M1 Abrams tank, preferably the third generation. I'd have to remove some trees, of course, in the front yard and, and negotiate with the Homeowners Association for the privilege of parking this baby in my front yard. I can see the faces of my liberal neighbors now. If you think Joe Rogan is catching a lot of flack for his podcasts, can you imagine the liberals triggered by an M1 Abrams tank in my front yard? Hey, if you want one to write me, we may be able to get a group discount. I'm sure that if radicals can find abortion rights in the Constitution, my attorneys can find tank ownership rights in the same Constitution. As I've said, evil is upon us. Without evil, how, how do we ever know the true nature of good? How do we ever know what's ethical, what's moral? what's sinful and what what isn't. I'm going to tell you straight up, I'm in a terrible mood today. I'm mad and beyond bad and mad. I'll share with you as we go along today why. But allow me to share with you several audio clips recently in the news. And you tell me if you see the evil in these people or whether you see the concern of other God-fearing patriots in these expressed thoughts. Let's see if we can get to the bottom of why I'm so angry mad today. Perhaps you have some of the same anger management issues. D do you? Listen through these audio windows on what's happening in America. If it was up to me, anyone unvaccinated would not be admitted to a hospital. At this point, they've been given plenty of opportunity to get the vaccine. It's time for you to get it. Now, if you don't get it, in my America, uh, all hospitals would be close to you. You're going to go home and die. Surely, surely you recognize the voice of Howard Stern. 
Tolerance, Howard? <laughs> really? Goodwill toward fellow men and women? And those who can't seem to make their minds up? Howard? Really? The voice of reason? Howard? Really? The voice of science, Howard, is really. Perhaps the voice of Dr. Fauci's alter ego. Was that it, Howard? Is that who you were channeling? It, is it really? Yes, this, this was Howard's turn just this past week. Really. This next clip is of a mother calling into a Washington, D.C. morning radio show this past week. The clip is self-explanatory. Um, yes, and I'm sorry. I'm going to try and keep it together. Unbelievable what they're doing to our kids. They won't let my son go to his classroom because he won't wear a mask because he's exercising his right. And they're forcing him to sit in the office. He's been strong-armed and intimidated by his principal and many others. He has a friend that they're sticking together and they're trying to stand up for their rights. But we are not getting any answers. I've tried to call the administrative office. The principal made us stand outside in the freezing cold all morning since 7.30. And all we want is for our kids to be able to go to class with their peers and have fun and smile and learn. And I don't know where else to turn at this point other than to plead with people out there to stand up. Because this is going to continue until we stand together and we start to make change. Many, far too many crimes like this one have been perpetuated against our children and our mothers by masked Nazis these past two years. We're into trillions of days of lost learning due to school closings. Why? In two words. Teachers' unions. Yet when parents legally protest the evil of these woke slings and arrows of outrageous, despotic malice and mandatory face masking, what's their reward for their courage, for their bravery in the face of hostile, mean-spirited, flawed, and woke-defied school administrators and political school boards? Yes, what is their reward for standing against the science of non-science? Do they prevail and win relief for their children? The woke school boards, school administrators, and politically suspicious parents, those on the left believe that those concerned about masking are all right-wing nuts. They're Fox News fanatics trying to make political statements and win political arguments by protesting their children's suffering. Would someone, would someone please find one of these disingenuous parents I'd like to expose them. My guess is that you're not going to find one. If I were a young child in one of the Democrat-controlled school districts with mandatory masking, you're damn right I'd want my mother and father both protesting why I'm, I'm required to wear a mask for six to eight hours a day, five days a week, or be expelled from the school? I mean, wouldn't you want your parents to step in? I mean, tell me, as a six- or seven-year-old, you wouldn't. Of course, there's peer pressure to conform. How come you're not wearing a mask when our mothers say we have to wear one? President Joe Biden, the Unite the Country Joe Biden, he commands the Injustice Department to issue combat orders 
to the FBI and 12 other counterterrorism agencies, along with four CNN camera crews, to go out and intimidate parents who are peacefully, legally, and morally protesting the insane maltreatment of their unaborted children by hostile, misguided, mind-poisoned school boards and woke administrators and, of course, the teachers' unions. But there's more evidence in the Bible against the perpetual cruelty against children than there's Western science in defense of this grossly political, non-science-based evil and the punishment that comes with it by people who falsely claim they have the best interest of our children at heart. You can't have the best interest of our children if you're heartless, you're a political shill, and if you're a woke-defied zombie. And while we're on this mask evil, I beg your attention to two additional clips. The first one is a mother to a first grader with asthma, a first grader. Our youngest, our youngest little guy has asthma. He is in the first grade. Um, So it's been, that's exacerbated um, his breathing and it's caused all sorts of trouble. He's been on a nebulizer couple times a day for the last two years. Well, for our littlest guy, this has been his only um, educational experience is through pandemic. Um, and so it puts them on edge when when you go out and they're asking, do we do we put on a mask now? Or if we say, hey, you don't need to. Our youngest guy was um, he had a medical exemption last year because his asthma was so bad. And our physician said, this has to come off. So when we returned to school, we presented the note. There was no pushback. He went in. We And parents are not allowed in the school. So we handed the note. They He got out of the car with the with the note and he went on. So when they called us, you know, at the end of the day, they had removed the ma- they had put a mask on him and told us they would not honor it. The same mother has a daughter in the sixth grade. Take a listen to this. And you know, even our daughter had multiple times in her school has told, kiddo, you need to pull your mask all the way up, all Ugh. the way over your nose. You could kill someone right now. Is there no shame or compassion? Yes, there is evil among us. This next clip. I find chilling. The Wake County School District in North Carolina was voting on a proposal this past week by the superintendent of schools to begin masking children as young as two years of age. This act would require all two-year-old children in the county's daycare to be masked. This recommendation in this proposal is that parents begin training their children now to wear masks regardless of their age, even younger than two years of age, so that when they enter kindergarten and first grade, they'd already be conditioned to wearing a face mask for long school days. What are our schools? Are they Nazi youth camps? Here's the clip. Between like two to five-year-olds, it's very different from, say, a 16-year-old on whether masks can be kept on or not. And our, our, our instructors and teachers and, and program folks are working with the families to make sure that learning can occur towards full mass compliance later down their, their growth as, as students, right? So when they're at 
it's like if you're a two-year-old, you're trying to help them practice for age three and then four when they're going into pre-K classrooms. And then from there, you're trying to help them get into normalized situation, wearing masks potentially in a kindergarten classroom and so forth, right? So that's what we're trying to do. And it's, it is with a developmental lens and not a you must do this or else lens. Tell me this man and his recommendations aren't inspired by pure evil. You'll be glad to know that the school board voted this proposal down. We don't want to condition two-year-old kids to be wearing masks the rest of their lives. For heaven's sakes. As a group of physicians just published an article in USA Today entitled, With Vaccines Available, Mask Mandates Are Not Necessary in School. (laughs) Go figure. Kids need normalcy in school. Mask mandates aren't necessary. I'd go beyond that title and say they're absolutely evil. They were never necessary. uh, I've been screaming on this show for a year now that masks on children have never been necessary and that they've posed more psychological and cognitive harm long-term than the ridiculously low, infinitesimally small risk to children from covid Allow me to read several statements from this article, and I encourage you to look it up on USA Today. It was published on uh, uh, February uh, 3rd of this year. Quote, After two years of living with one disruption after another, the evidence is clear. The pandemic and the loss of normalcy are taking a tremendous toll on students, with the data on mental health being particularly alarming. The American Academy of Pediatrics has declared a mental health emergency in children. As the Surgeon General recently highlighted, combined analyses of 80,000 children found that symptoms of depression and anxiety have doubled among young people during the pandemic, with one in four showing depressive symptoms and one in five showing anxiety. Unquote. I find this baffling. First off, this Surgeon General has been masked to the walls on everybody, no matter what your age is. I'm surprised they haven't tried to implant these in utero on kids. This guy has been absolutely ridiculous on this is a mitigation strategy for children, all at the same time saying that there are mental health problems going on with the mitigation strategies with children. Now, the Academy of Pediatrics still has this recommendation up on their website, and I quote, The AAP strongly endorses the consistent use of a well-fitting face mask that fits over the mouth and nose and snugly alongside of the face without any gaps. This is an important part of a comprehensive strategy to mitigate risk and help reduce the spread of COVID-19, unquote. I can't even begin to tell you how much horse manure this is. But back to the article, quote, In contrast, the risk children face from the pandemic is not extraordinary. Let me repeat that, is not extraordinary. COVID-19 can be serious in children in rare cases. Let me repeat that. COVID-19 can be serious in children in rare cases. And vaccines are available to prevent serious disease. In other words, There are certain children who ought to get vaccinated. We'll cover that in a minute. Back to the article. Quote, Even in unvaccinated children, 
though rates of serious disease from COVID-19 are similar to that of seasonal flu. We do not normally take exceptional precautions in schools for the flu, for which we do not normally implement school mask mandates, quarantines, or other disruptive political policies. Uh, I added the political. Let me take that out. Or other disruptive policies. That's what they are. They're not science policies. These are. This is just all... Uh, well, let me calm down a second here. Uh, let me mention that uh, the best pediatricians I know, and, and I know a great many of pediatricians, recommend the COVID-19 vaccination for children with immunosuppressive disorders and for children with serious chronic disease. I couldn't agree more with that. Most certainly, this includes childhood obesity, which in itself is a health pandemic. For heaven's sakes, back to the article, quote, it's time to help children, parents, and school staff, too bad they didn't mention uh, school boards, school staff view mild coronavirus infections as inevitable and not apocalyptic and focus on preventing severe cases. We suggest ending ineffective practices such as the use of plexiglass barriers in asymptomatic testing. I don't know if you remember when Joe and Jill Biden visited a grade school in Virginia and each desk was encased in its own plexiglass container shield, basically. It looked like uh, they were on a motorcycle and the shield around the top of their desk would mimic uh, a motorcycle shield uh, without windshield wipers, of course. And that somehow this was, this was staying the virus. You stay on your side of the plexiglass and I'll stay on my side of the plexiglass. And of course, the, 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 the growing clod that, that Joe is these days, stumbling around, going in between desks, he knocked a couple of these plexiglass things off onto the floor. That, I mean, that, that is just how senseless this is. Even when you go into stores today, you've got these plexiglass shields. Certainly, if you're going to spit on somebody, these, these are going to prevent that. You're not going to have that problem. But short of that, how, how ridiculous. And you know... Hallelujah for the plexiglass industry. They've done very well through this pandemic with this this ridiculous uh, shield. Some of this stuff is like a quarter-inch plexiglass. Even in restaurants, these barriers in between things. I mean, the, the joke is, I mean, people are even erecting these, the married couples, you know, uh, uh, in their beds so that you, know, you stay on your side of the bed, I'll stay on my side of the bed. This plexiglass shield is going to protect us in case one of us has brought a coronavirus home. Ah, my nerves. And as for asymptomatic testing, can you believe this baloney in schools? So test to stay in school. So if there was a child infected in school, they found one such child, even though they're likely asymptomatic, they had to go home. But all the other kids, as long as we continue to test them, despite they all had asymptomatic uh, syndrome, uh, uh, symptoms that that somehow all those tests were uh, a reason for them to be able to stay in school. It's un- just unbelievable the the amount of 
uh, dollars that have been spent on this kind of stuff. Of course, school districts are so flush with this American rescue money, they can't find enough ways to spend it. The article goes on. It's time to ship our focus away from masks and onto the faces behind them. Boy, I, I love that statement. Mandatory masking policies are the most visible COVID mitigation interventions in schools. And here comes the kicker. We have reviewed the data on school masking, as I have, by the way, ad infinitum, and find that well-controlled, real-world studies consistently fail to find a convincing benefit, while studies cited to support masking have serious flaws. When an intervention's possible benefits are too small to measure and the harms are increasingly evident and they could have been predicted, you didn't have to be Daniel from the Old Testament. It is appropriate to end this mandatory use. Let me repeat that. Well-controlled, real-world studies consistently fail to find a convincing benefit, while studies cited to support masking by the CDC, Dr. Fauci, and all these other clowns have serious flaws. When an intervention's possible benefits are too small to measure and the harms are increasingly evident, it's appropriate, it's mandatory to end the mandatory use. We're getting toward the end. Quote, Above all, we entreat policymakers to fully restore normal life and school for all children at the first opportunity. When do you think that's going to come? The school years are critical for cognitive, emotional, and social development. It's such an obvious statement, but you can't get the woke school boards and school administrators and teachers unions to go beyond that simple statement and say, what are you doing to harm the cognitive, emotional, and social development of children? Back to the article. It's time to recognize the myriad threats to children's safety beyond that of a single virus and to appropriately balance these risks. In the coming weeks, you're going to hear from more pediatricians, more adult doctors, more epidemiologists, more cognitive uh, psychologists, speech pathologists, and the like about the damage that Dr. Fauci's advice has done to children and adults over these last two years on masking alone. No wonder I'm hopping mad. Well, it's about time to hear from Kamala or Kamala or Vice President Harris. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to... Take a break, a very short break, and then it's time to come right back because every day it's time to come back and hear the rest of the story. And do I have a lot of important information? You'll be happy you made the time to come back and hear. So hit the head, hit the fridge, and hurry right back. You know you're loved here on the Frankly Daniels Show. And I'm not kidding. Hello, this is Lieutenant Randy Sutton, the host of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. I am a 34-year police veteran. I am also the founder and CEO of an organization that stands behind injured and disabled law enforcement officers. It is called The Wounded Blue. Our website is thewoundedblue.org. We have produced a film 
It is an important film. I urge you to watch it. The film details what happens when a police officer or law enforcement officer is shot or stabbed or beaten or disabled, seriously injured in the line of duty. Most people think they are taken care of medically and financially. The reality may be quite different. It is called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. The film is available on Amazon, iTunes, and the Microsoft Store. In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast-paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science-backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert. It's a pill-free brain supplement made with maximum absorption technology, designed to feed our brains at the cellular level. Take it for a test drive. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Focus Plus Recall. That's HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is McCullough Report. Are you tired of your tired vitamins? Consider Healthy Cell. These are pill-free vitamins that are in convenient gel packs. Uh, I like the Focus and Recall supplement. I use this a lot. You know, your brain uses a lot of energy and it depends on a variety of micronutrients and vitamins. Boost your short-term focus and long-term brain power with Healthy Cell's Focus and Recall Vitamins. So go to HealthyCell.com, use the code OUTLOUD, all capital letters, OUTLOUD, for a 20% off your first order of any Healthy Cell product. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Our invincible American spirit drives the most audacious experiment in the history of self-government. America Out Loud celebrates the American spirit every minute of every day. AmericaOutloud.com Liberty and justice for all. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniel Show. Before the break, we were talking about my very bad mood and the possible reasons for it. We just finished up reviewing an article in USA Today about masks and school children. I invite you to go to my library of shows, the Frankly Daniels show that is, on the America Out Loud radio network, and you'll find me saying these exact same things a year ago on several shows, on multiple shows, on almost every show. I've been broadcasting on America Out Loud for just under a year now. The folly and harm associated with needless masking of children for COVID-19 is, in fact, my favorite subject. I'll tell you why in a minute. Before I began on America Out Loud, I routinely risked saying these things on hostile social media platforms as early as June of 2020. That's when it became clear to me that COVID-19 was an airborne virus and that improved ventilation systems were the public health answer, not pieces of paper strapped by rubber bands over our mouths and noses. 
No, in full disclaimer, I'm not a physician, but before returning to graduate school at Harvard in health policy and management, I was a registered respiratory therapist specializing in neonatal and pediatric critical care while directing departments of respiratory care at the Johns Hopkins Hospital and the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Masks and children, I know. Perhaps before leaving this subject of children and masks, we should listen to one more obnoxious bit of wokeism. This following audio clip is really a voicemail. It's from the assistant principal of Loudoun County Elementary School, elementary being the key here, an elementary school to Loudoun County parents that children who come to school maskless will be charged with trespassing. In Virginia, trespassing is a Class One felony, and it holds a 12-month jail sentence or a $2,500 fine. Uh, here's that clip. Um, until you arrive, your children will be held in an in-school restriction situation here at school. Um, it is important that I point out to you, it's stated in the letter that you'll receive, but it's important that I point out to you that they are not allowed on campus or on Loudoun County Public School property. Um, starting tomorrow, it will be considered trespassing. So it's important that I make that statement to you. Uh, but we'll look forward to hearing from you uh, via phone so you can let us know. Just a reminder uh, and an update. First, the reminder. A male student was not suspended for raping a teen girl in the Stone Bridge High School bathroom which is also a Loudoun County school. Currently, here's the update, students at Loudoun County Stonebridge High School are being suspended for 10 days for not wearing a mask. Can you believe it? A Class 1 felony that comes with a one-year jail sentence and or a $250 fine for parents. School and school board officials, along with the county prosecutors, intend on pursuing convictions since the violators will likely be young children, their parents will be the ones charged with trespassing. Get this. Parents of children attending one of the most expensive public school systems in the nation will have to hire attorneys to plead their cases of refusing to make their children wear a face mask for six to eight hours a day. They are allegedly guilty of not wearing a stifling face mask for those six to eight hours per day for five days through a school week. Even though these masks protect no one and actually inflict, as we've just gone over, a myriad of negative health consequences for many children who comply with this unconstitutional directive. Who's behind this petty evil? Woke school board and school administrators? Most definitely. But who is in the shadows behind these petty despots? Uh, this could be the daily double category on Jeopardy. I'll go ahead and answer this question in Jeopardy format. Who are the teachers' unions? All this despite the fact that the newly elected Virginia governor, Glenn Youngkin, signed an executive order giving parents the sole prerogative of having their children attend public school without a mask on or attending maskless. Virginia parents obeyed the Democrat governor's executive order, but now that a Republican governor is in charge, <laughs> well, what's new? Those of us in Florida have witnessed this same woke school board game 
in counties and school districts controlled by Democrats here in the wonderful, free, and liberty-loving state of Florida. Our parents in Florida have gone through the same backlash by woke parents, woke teachers, and woke administrators who firmly believe they have the right to command your children to follow their preferred decision to mask all children. At the start of this program, I said the original title of this show was the Second American Civil War. Well, I apologize if what I'm going to say this point forward jars you a bit. At least I hope it will jar you a bit and hopefully much more. Yes, I'm mad and, and my, I'm, I'm way beyond that trite declaration, you might say, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm sure you've been there several times. But then again, you've already guessed this, along with my way of coping with my anger. Yes, I'm beyond mad. I'm really angry. And when I find myself in this mood, especially if it lasts more than a string of days, I get cynical, occasionally sarcastic, and at times I get downright mean. Knowing this, I'll attempt to keep these emotions in check. I probably haven't done such a good job up to this point, but I'm going to continue to give it a try. Should anything I say offend you, I ask for your forgiveness for my trespasses. I have neither the time to spend a year in jail or pay a $2,500 fine. See, there I go, my cynicism. Or was that sarcasm? I can't keep those straight. I thank the wisdom of my wife in having accepted employment in Florida some time ago, leading to our relocation to the state of freedom and liberty-loving Florida. Otherwise, I'd need an attorney on retainer because I'm sure that I'd get in trouble. Nevertheless, my quest today is, how do I cope with my building anger? But you ask, who am I angry with? Well, the answer to this question should be coming into focus. I know, more than some, that there are many ways to cope with anger. My wife says, however, I can no longer jump off of furniture. She really means her furniture. Apparently, a neighbor saw me performing this ritual anger management technique. And, well, let's just say I can't exercise this option any longer. At least not well. my darling spouse is home. As I've mentioned before, throwing foam bricks at the television is also out. A near-fatal collision between a large foam television brick and a cherished vase has eliminated this anger exorcism ritual at the Baranowski home. So what now? Why not just forgive those who've angered you? C.S. Lewis had a very insightful thing to say about that. He said, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something or someone to forgive. For the record, I'm not in the forgiving mood. I haven't been since January 21, 2021. Oh, sorry, that's not exactly the date by. My mood went sour. That date would be November 2nd, 2020. The date that will truly live in infamy. That's the date Democrats criminally assaulted me, my family, and every true, patriotic, American-loving, God-fearing citizen. Now, having said all this, I have a very serious question to ask you. Are we, I'm talking about you and me, 
Are we finally reaching that dangerous point of no return? Are we closer than ever to losing our Republican democracy? Or are we sitting on our butts watching American Marxists? I mean the Democrat Party and all of its mutant variant forms of insidious cancers eating the America we love. They're eating it one damn bite a day. One bite every hour, in fact, every minute of every day. Ever since they stole the presidency on that ill-fated day, November 2nd, 2020. Too many twos in that for me. Had you been there way back when, I'm sure you would have remembered that an aggressive television reporter woman who confronted Benjamin Franklin with a question as he exited Independence Hall at the conclusion of the Constitutional Convention in 1787, she asked with the TV cameras rolling, Doctor, Doctor, meaning Franklin, of course, what have we got, a republic or a monarchy? Franklin replied in a cynical note, a republic, if you can keep it. So strange, so strange to hear this from Franklin. Yes, at the time, Ben was was old and he was suffering advancing age and a myriad of physical ailments, probably too much sex with the highly perfumed French women while he was on his last international assignment for America, then a fledgling republic. You know, a patriot's got to do what a patriot's got to do. Oh, the stories to tell. But Ben, the ubiquitous Franklin, was the founding father's resident optimist. This is why his alleged terse and somewhat cynical response is so curious and troubling. Was Franklin a prophet too, perhaps? Could, could Ben have foreseen how socialism, which in all fairness was unknown in his time, would eventually creep into America and morph into a wicked brand of iniquitous and malicious American Marxism? Oh yes, Mark Levin, the great one has written the authoritative book on American Marxism. If you haven't read it, I beg you to pick a copy up and read it. Stop by my place. I've got several copies. I only wish it were fiction. Sadly, it's not. Instead, reading it lets you know exactly what it will be like if we were to ever fall into the depths of Marxism. He tells it as if once jumping into a pool of near-freezing water. Every pore in your body slams shut and screams in protest. Then your brain begins to process the dire circumstance. It tells you that if you don't find a way out of this ice bath and immediately, your organ systems will hit the panic button and shut down. The blood that flows through your veins and arteries will freeze shut without oxygen to your brain. Your rational thinking centers will flash red lights before... All your power is lost. All that's left to do is watch your spirit. Your very soul flee your body as you come to realize that you are no longer a member of the living. Unless you switch parties and become a Democrat, of course. Whether we realize it or not, we're allowing the evil left to nudge us ever closer to that freezing pool of Marxism, to that point of no return. When we get ever so close, you can count on them to shove us quickly and roughly into a disgraceful destiny from which there's no return. Believe it. Once we're gone, Jesus won't be returning to perform any Lazarus reanimations. 
The only eulogy you will receive will be a boastful, snickering laugh from the high priest of authoritarianism. Our only solace will be that we weren't the only ones asleep and deceived by progressive Democrats. No, we won't be alone, as we're forced to abandon our families and forsake our pledge of allegiance to a nation which is no longer a Republican democracy. Can you imagine the angst we'll experience in the afterlife as we watch the destruction of America? And to be forced to watch a Democrat party of American Marxists build back better over our graves as they construct a despotic authoritarian empire of slavery renewed? For what do you call it when individual freedom and liberty no longer exist? It will be no comfort that will be with millions of other willfully ignorant, complacent patriots who are just too damn busy to pay attention to the threats and act before the tipping point. Tipped. Before the tipping point. Tipped. But back to Ben Franklin. I'm not done with him or the Founding Fathers just yet. Given the delegates, our Founding Fathers, yes, those delegates, those who attended the Constitutional Convention in 1787, given that they couldn't find their way to abolish African slavery in the land at the time, I doubt Franklin could have predicted the magnitude of agony, death, and destruction wrought by our first civil war. And yes, I'm calling it our first because that implies there's going to be a second one. Like the emerging Cold War with China, many of us believe the second civil war is already on the drawing board and many of the pieces are already in play. Do you realize that that nightmare, the first civil war, started, that is the serious killing started, only 73 years or one lifetime after the conclusion of the Constitutional Convention in 1787? Had the majority of delegates been prophets or men of goodwill, surely they could have convinced the Southern delegates to end slavery don't believe it for a second. When evil takes hold, and this is the great history lesson for the ages, when evil takes hold, goodwill and wishes don't stand a chance against the whirlwind of satanic destruction. You cannot ignore evil away from your doorstep. You must confront it and not allow it to deceive you that it means you no harm. Evil always means to do you harm and harm to anyone you care about. For evil never sleeps, it only pauses to regroup. Ben Franklin surely could not foresee the great calamity of the first civil war. He could have guessed it would bedevil our republic sooner or later, and he thought probably later, but he was wrong in that. No, he could only warn us to be careful, to be ever vigilant. But like the prophets of the Old Testament, each followed, one after the other, across a multitude of historic Middle East cataclysms. Throughout each of the 73 years in between the end of the Constitutional Convention and the beginning of the first American Civil War, we had our own homegrown John the Baptist warning of the forthcoming test between good and evil. None, none were so salient as when on June 16th of 1858, 1858, 
at the Illinois Republican Convention in Springfield, Abraham Lincoln kicked off his bid for the U.S. Senate with a speech that would come to be known as the House Divided Speech. Allow me to read to you the most important warning since Ben Franklin said, We have a republic if we can keep it. Lincoln spoke, A house divided against itself cannot stand. I believe this government cannot endure permanently, half slave and half free. I do not expect the union to be dissolved. I do not expect the house to fall. But I do expect it will cease to be divided. It will become all one thing or all the other. Either the opponents of slavery will arrest the further spread of it and place it where the public mind shall rest in the belief that it is in the course of ultimate extinction, or its advocates will push it forward till it shall become alike lawful in all states, old as well as new, north as well as south. Lincoln knew, by the informed grace of God, that a terrible war for the soul of the nation was soon to come. He knew the forces of evil were aligned against the fledgling republic. I'm here today on my humble broadcast to tell you we are again at this terrible inflection point. Please listen to this next clip of former Texas governor and former secretary of energy, Rick Perry. I won't comment. What he has to say is plenty infuriating, except I'd ask for you to listen for the evil behind what's going on in his statement. Uh, if you have a, a heart at all, you've got to understand this, President Biden. Your policies yeah. are creating child sexual trafficking in this country like we've never seen before. My home state of Texas is the central focus of that because of that long border with Mexico. If you care about those children at all, you got to stop this border uh, ingress that's going on in this country. It is a sad yeah. day in America for a president to basically allow this to happen. What about voting rights? Is there any mischief going on here? We've repeatedly heard Joe Biden claim that 19 states who went to work after the 2020 presidential election, that travesty, they went to work to ensure future voter integrity going forward. But now they're called nothing short of Jim Crow 2.0 varmints. Thus, Commander Joe Biden has directed his Injustice Department enforcer, Attorney General Merrick Garland, to crack down on these rogue states. Last year alone, 19 states, not proposed, but enacted 34 laws attacking voting rights. There are nearly 400 additional bills Republican members of state legislatures tried to pass. And now, Republican legislators in several states have already announced plans to escalate the onslaught this year. Their end game? To turn the will of the voters into a mere suggestion. Something states can respect or ignore. Jim Crow 2.0 is about two insidious things. Voter suppression and election subversion. It's no longer about who gets to vote. It's about making it harder to vote. 
It's about who gets to count the vote and whether your vote counts at all. It's not hyperbole. This is a fact. Look, this matters to all of us. Joe's last statement there, that this matters to all of us, is the only thing I agreed with in his entire speech, actually, in Atlanta on voting rights, and in particular, this clip. Now, here's something delightfully delicious. Perhaps you know that the 51-member New York City Council approved a plan last month that allows more than 800,000 foreign nationals with green cards, visas, and work permits, and any other questionable documents, the opportunity to vote in citywide elections so long as they have resided in the city for at least 30 consecutive days. Wow, a full 30 days. I'd like to know who the heck's counting this. This new law is entitled the Foreign Citizens Voting Act. Sounds very official, doesn't it? Do you know that any other so-called civilized nation-state that allows foreigners to vote in their elections, especially after having only been there 30 days, do you know any other country, any other state, any place at all? We don't even do that here in our house. I mean, already. But then again, who has open borders like we do? Well, don't look too far into that question. It will just make you mad like I've been all day. Now, I ask you, since Democrats already have an insurmountable hold on voters in New York City, what could be the possible reason to attempt something so brazenly unconstitutional? You know that usually in these elections, like for mayor and the likes, only 30% of the electorate in New York City turns out. But then they spend all the rest of the time bitching about the kinds of people they put into these positions. I mean, I, I, I just really don't get it. I've, I've studied uh, social psychology for a long time. It, I, I just I, I can't get my head around it. The, here's the mother of all ironies. Oh, it's so wonderful. Four black Americans who are also New York City residents have filed a lawsuit against the city for giving municipal voting rights to nearly a million foreign nationals. First, uh, who knew there's that many foreign nationals in New York City? Uh, Many, if not most, are probably illegal aliens. In short, their lawsuit accuses the city's Board of Elections of violating the Constitution's 15th Amendment by imposing a racially discriminatory policy that is set to drastically dilute the voting power of American citizens in New York City. And, of course, specifically, black Americans. This is an absolute hoot. When have the woke ever invoked the Constitution? Only when it helps them make their point, which in this case is partly a good one. In all other matters concerning the Constitution, apparently black voters and progressive Democrats demand Biden nominate a black female justice to sit on the Supreme Court. This is to ensure that there's a black perspective on what the Constitution says. Apparently, a black justice, a female one in this event, speaks and reads a different English than the rest of the justices. Therefore, it's critical that we have a black female on the court. Okay, so much for the sarcasm. I told you I lean toward this on occasion. I'll try to tone it down. Of the approximately one million foreign nationals in New York City, apparently... 488,000 are Hispanic, and 343,000 are Asian. 
Now, I, I ask you, what about the millions of illegal aliens crossing our borders? The Democrats want to grant them immediate amnesty. This was part of Joe Biden's American Citizenship Act of 2021 that went nowhere fast. Now, after amnesty, the next step is a quick path to citizenship and eventually voting rights. You know, those of us who are here or came here legally, you think it might dilute our voting rights? We're quickly coming to the end of today's program. So much more to say, but it's going to have to wait. The takeaways? Yes, what are the takeaways from all I've said today? First, the nation is not adrift. Radical progressive Democrats, a.k.a. American Marxists, know exactly where they want to take America. And I'm telling you, they plan on taking the current version of our country to the trash dump. Look at their legislative agenda. These radical bills aren't talking points. Second, there are dozens of these bills. Third, they're actual pieces of legislation, and they're serious about the intent of each bill. Fourth, they don't like anything about our current Constitution or our values. Fifth, we have no common threads other than a shared language, and if you listen to them speak, you'll begin to question even whether we share this. Fifth, Joe Biden is a puppet. Joe sold his soul to the devil just to be president. Please get involved. The Frankly Daniel Show is an excellent place to start. We've got to crush the Democrats this upcoming election. If we don't, we're going to hate ourselves for an eternity, if not longer. Thank you for your patience and ears. It means the world to me. Cheers and God bless. Cheers.